Hello, hello, and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I am your forever host and part-time member of the Shadow Council. Joining me tonight is my lovely co-host and real-life hero. His name is Justin. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I can say I'm anxiously waiting for Jedi Survivor. Yeah, that comes out, what, this week? Uh, no, I think in two more weeks, but two it just hit me. Okay. It's very, very soon. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just super pumped for it. Did you read the book? Uh, I have two chapters left. Okay, okay. So you're, it's you're a wonderful much book. It's it. very, very good. Nice. Pretty sure, informative. Is there a lot of good lore in there? Or... Uh, no, not really. Okay. No, no new canon or anything like that, but it's a, it's like a good story about the crew. Okay, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. It's good to see your lovely face. Um, I'm excited to talk about this episode but before we do we of course have to introduce our other co-host he's our favorite librarian his name is phil how are you doing today sir there he is hey <laughs> sorry <laughs> having some internet hiccups other than that things are good <laughs> six times out of seven phil is muted <laughs> when we bring him in i wasn't this time i wasn't promise okay well, it's good to <laughs> no, see you. No, like internet internet connection was just hiccuping. So, ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, good to see Ricky as well. Hello, he says just give yeah. Phil a shot of adrenaline, adrenaline, and push him on stage. He'll be fine. <laughs> woo! He said woo. <laughs> I'm assuming that's for when you came out on stage. That's, oh, uh, that's thank excellent. you, Ricky. I miss you already, man. <laughs> yeah, Ricky was with us last week for the show, no talking problem. about. Uh, Probably our least favorite episode of any any series, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> it's good to have you guys here. We have one more person to introduce. He was on Andor with us, and I had to bring him back for Mandalorian because I had such a good time with this man. His name is Hugh. He's from the Nerd AF Podcast. How are you doing today, sir? Great, guys. Great. Uh, you guys didn't like the Lizzo episode? <laughs> I loved it. I loved the cameos and the overall structure. I did not like. All right. Still, I don't know. It kind of felt Jack like a weird uh, uh, crime scene investigators type, like Star Wars. <laughs> I liked it a lot, but uh, I hear I'm kind of in the minority on that. Um, it, yeah. it was a it was a different type of episode for sure. It had its <laughs> highs, but it had many lows i i still think it felt more true to like og star wars than a lot of the other tv shows See, so i'm in so the minority far. over here all of you guys love it and i'm just the hater apparently. well That's i didn't fine. like how they they pushed so many good cameos on us at once you can't do three yeah three you, was you a little can't much. Do three <laughs> well, but they did that's fair that's fair yeah, it's true. And of course, I got to hit up what Justin said, uh, just to kind of piggyback on that. Uh, yeah, really stoked for Jedi Survivor. Loved uh, uh, the first one. Now I'm blanking on its name, but incredible. Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. yeah. Love playing with Cal Kestis, playing as Cal Kestis. Yeah. Real excited for it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hugh. We are thrilled to have you back on our little show. 
which, by the way, is going live on Sundays around 8.30 Mountain at youtube.com slash at questme. Make sure to like, subscribe, and ring the bell to be notified every time we are live. Heck yeah. I'm here. I'm here. here but... I just I cut Cam to see if that's going to help bandwidth right now. <laughs> Either that or one of the one of the kids is like rolling over on the router in his sleep. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you can also find us on your social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Just search for Quest Me Podcast. We also throw links to all of those in the show notes each episode. Absolutely. Um, I am so excited to talk about this episode, and I'm ex- even more excited that we're done with our intros uh, because we're not even 10 minutes into this thing, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, but, of course, before we do any of that, we have to start with our very first segment. <laughs> We're at a bar far away. Phil, what are we drinking tonight? All right. Tonight, inspired by the uh, opening sequence of this uh, most recent episode of Mandalorian, we have what I'm calling a Coruscant Rain. Coruscant Rain. So this is uh, a kind of a martini riff, but uh, it's white rum, lime juice, and velvet falernum. Uh, which is something you usually encounter. It's uh, made in Barbados, uh, and it's something you usually encounter in tiki-style cocktails. Uh, oh. But it gives kind of a... Where did you even buy this stuff? Uh, <laughs> um, Coltrane. Uh, it's a liquor store here in Colorado Springs. Um, right. It's a great it's, one. It's a little spicy, but kind of uh, similar quality to rum. Pairs really well with it. Uh, but then I actually did a rinse of the glass with uh, mezcal uh, before starting, mm. which is um, kind of like a tequila, but a smokier quality. So it's also made from agave, uh, but it has that smokiness to it, kind of like uh, kind of like scotch uh, versus you know other whiskeys. It has that quality to it, mm. and so I use that as a rinse for the glass just like less than a quarter of an ounce to just get a little coating around the edge. And then uh, once you do that, then I used a uh, little eyedropper to drop uh, bits of blue curacao in there to uh, play with the, uh, play with the neon through the light, through the uh, mist and the and the smoke there. So. Coruscant rain in the evening, Coruscant pain in the morning. <laughs> That's awesome, Ricky. Oh, I love that. Um, I, once again, am just drinking beer. I'm going with Angry Orchard hard cider today. Um, although I do have this banana bourbon that oh. I Ew. might drink. Dude, it's, listen, okay? It's, it <laughs> sounds weird, right? you make a banana foster shot for me or something? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm gonna take a shot and chase it with a strawberry monster. And it's like a strawberry banana drink, and it's incredible. Oh lord! I'm gonna edit tonight, dude. I think I'm going with Coruscant Rain. I think I'm going with that Coruscant Rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hemingway. Hemingway that. said, "Right drunk, edit sober." So. <laughs> 
he's not wrong and i usually do that let's be real i'm not going to edit tonight um but, but yeah no it's a uh, little smoky little spicy little sweet little sour and uh yeah. i'm pretty happy with it absolutely um, and of course I, it, those sorry oh i was just saying it's uh it i i was stumped for ideas for this week until like rewatching the episode last night and i was like ooh hold on <laughs> Well, and see, I just went with the whiskey because I feel like Grief Karga gave Mandalorian. Oh yeah, no, course not whiskey. Something right? high. Oh, no, that was yeah. like champagne. Champagne? What? No, no. champagne. No way. Nah. That was some. That's that something was some age, expensive. Man. That's yeah. it's all gold, <laughs> like Christelle. Yeah, man, it, it, it looked delicious. Um, but you guys can all find those recipes on our show notes, and also if you hop over to TikTok at Quest Me Podcast, you'll see videos with those recipes as Woo-hoo. well. Um, and uh, but little, you know, just disclaimer, because I haven't been doing this uh, for any of the previous previous episodes, and I feel irresponsible. So drink responsibly, don't drink and drive. Boom, done. There we go. <laughs> Disclaimers out of the way. There you go. <laughs> it's a Very responsible. Disclaimer. I like it. But absolutely, don't drink and drive, people. Come on. Jeez. If you're drinking and driving and watching this podcast, you're yeah. failing at life. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on. Let's let's start this thing off. Because, again, there's a lot that happens in this episode. Um, and it was a ton of fun. So, as always, um, I have my own little synopsis that I didn't, I didn't really get too crazy with. You know, I, I, I decided to be a little tame with this synopsis because there was some there's some heavy stuff in this episode. So I didn't want to be too crazy. Uh, you know? left but it anyway. Yeah, a little bit. Chapter 23, The Spies. The fuse has been lit and we're now just waiting for the boom. By that, of course, I mean we get a nice look into a new Imperial Shadow Council and what's going on behind the scenes. Meanwhile, the Mandalorians gear up and head off to their home planet to retake what is rightfully theirs. This episode was directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Famuyiwa? God, I can never do it. It was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. It, of course, stars Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff. It guest stars Katie M. O'Brien, our favorite traitor. Giancarlo Esposito and Emily Swallow. There, of course, is appearances by Mercedes Varnado, who plays, oh, what is her name? Um, she's one of the, one of Axe's Mandalorians. Casca. Um, yeah, thank you, Casca. And then uh, Simon Cassiandes plays Axe Woves. We have Charles Baker, who played Skinny Pete in Breaking Bad, and <laughs> Brian Gleason as Brendel freaking Hux. Awesome, awesome thing there is Brian Gleason is actually the brother of the uh, guy that played Hux. What? Domhnall Gleason. Yeah. Domhnall Gleason, yeah. Um, but they're related, and so Brian Gleason is playing Hux's father, which <laughs> oh, wow. he was yeah. also, also introduced in the Aftermath series. Um, and then, god damn it, we have Xander Berkeley as mother effing Galad. Paleon, holy shit, you guys! It's happening. Thrawn is coming. We're seeing Thrawn the crossover. Is the crossover coming? Like I can't even. Okay, listen. So my girlfriend watched Mandalorian with me for the first time during this episode, and it was probably a mistake for her to oh, do that. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> poor thing. Because the second Paleon. <laughs> came on screen i was like look at that mustache i know who that is <laughs> i got this big smile i sit up all like crazy and then and then gideon says 
Paleon. And I just like, I screamed a little bit. And she just looks at me and she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you don't even know. We've been talking talking about this for for a long time. I've been saying this forever. This guy's coming in. It's going to happen. And so I was very excited to see that. I was also extremely excited to see a shadow council and just kind of see the boss room, if you will. Um, it was, it was great to to get a glimpse into that. You know what I mean? A glimpse into what's actually going on. It, it reminded me a lot of Solo, um, with uh, the, with the mall, with the mall yeah. council, yep. yeah. Um, but it was just. I, I mean, it, it just makes me so excited for Ahsoka, for the Mandoverse, for you know Dave Filoni's movie that's going to come out. Like everything is going to start coming to a head here at this season finale, I think. Um, but, of course, we get the the first part of the season finale, and we get a little bit more information about Kane, uh, Katie M. O'Brien's character. Uh, she is a traitor. Boom. Clearly. We knew that, though, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just didn't... I, I, don't, I don't know why she fried that uh, Dr. Perishing's brain. Oh, well, I think that comes into play later in that whole discussion uh, with the council. Right. I think she was uh, trying to protect the research, right? I, I think she was trying to uh, give um, give Moff Gideon something to say, hey, you know, oh, no, uh, this this guy that uh, Hux's uh, project was going to be reliant on. Oh, he's dead. Sorry, man. Oh, guess we'll have to work on my project instead. Mm. Oh, well, corporate. Oh, oh, there it was absolutely some uh, intentional sabotage to to make sure that his own ends got going. Well, there's also something like: Do you think maybe she was frying his brain to make him think that the New Republic is bad? Kind of like uh, a we'll, little bit of reverse uh, psychology. We will you know have to I mean? see if he survived. We'll have to see if he like lived through the experience. Right, right. His man, his mind got flayed. He's done. Yeah, that's true. Um, I still think that the only reason we got a mind flare is because Ezra is gonna be mind flayed. Basically, like he's gonna come back and think that he's on Thrawn's side and play that Joris Sibeoth mm-hmm. kind of character. Um, but that's that's beside the point of this whole conversation. <laughs> um, I'm kind of leaning on the side of the fence where she wanted to make him believe that the New Republic was just evil. You know yeah. what I mean? That that he is going to they're think, no different from the Empire. Exactly. And he's, he's he has no reason to stay there. You know, like, why would I stay here if you guys are going to be the exact same? I'll just go continue my research with with Gideon. Um, but who knows? We don't even know if he's he's still alive. Right. So I'm sure we'll we'll figure that out. Um, I wanted to bring up the council in general. I could not find any information about ab- like most about of the it other really. Members. There's we only know that we have Hux, Paleon, and Gideon. Mm-hmm. But was Sloane on this? Because wasn't Sloane in the aftermath series? Sloane was introduced. To... Sloane was introduced in the aftermath books as well. And were oh. they like tasked to start? a new like shadow 
collective kind of thing. Am I am I off base there? I don't. Uh, I don't at the end of that trilogy, she's sent to go find Thrawn. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to remember. Like that's that's her thing. Like that's where she's going at the end of the uh, third aftermath book, um, okay. which would be still set in between uh, Jedi and Mandalorian. So, so timeline right. still fits. Uh, right. What right. question for you, Phil? <laughs> so I'm playing Battlefront Two in Operation Cinder going on nice. via Admiral uh, Ursio. Uh-huh. Where in the timeline does that fit uh, to Mandalorian? Because oh, I was going to see if uh, Ver- or Admiral Ver- Versio is in the background. Battlefront is um, after Mandalorian yeah. because Kylo Ren is in it. No, that's the there's a that jump in the story. Is oh, is it a okay? It's a jump like at the end because I remember at the end yeah, of the like story, thirty like, years or something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, then if you do that, it'd probably be right around the same time. If it's same time, I want to see Versio. Yeah, there's no, that would else be really would know. cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm not too sure about that. I I think it's kind of in between Mandalorian and Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think it it, it might be before Mandalorian, but after Jedi, I am not positive though. I mean, there wasn't, there's uh, operation cinder was in aftermath. Yeah. And so with Jakku being in battlefront two and kind of a, a big deal in battlefront two, I would, I would assume it's shortly after the aftermath series or during something like that. Um, after Jakku, all these uh, admirals went off their way and then scurried like dogs. Kind of, yeah. Hiding. Yeah, I mean, that's what basically. I thought of this council was. They're all just hiding. Yeah. And they get together in a dark room and have their holograms <laughs> pop up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will get more into that for my segment. You're <laughs> because I have one of my segments is a line from the from this scene. Um and we'll we'll definitely dive into that uh, a little can bit we, more. Can we really quickly talk about the the shift from Gideon's hologram over to his walk into yes. the Shadow Council? Yes, because absolutely. because based on that shot that we got of the chunk of Beskar in the shuttle uh, at the end of the episode a couple weeks ago. And the background scenery as Gideon was walking through to the council chamber, my immediate thought, first watch through, you know, 1 a.m. Wednesday, was, holy shit, he's in a Beskar mine. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why a pretty uh, conclusion to jump to. Well, <laughs> like, it, it just, the walls the 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 raw back walls behind him before he got into the like mm. nice like laser grid hallway okay yeah um yeah. See, and i uh, guess my and... first thoughts were that those are super commandos and that they're going to be a problem later Ooh. yeah but like even before <laughs> that before we got into seeing them standing there that bit of hallway he walked through before it was like just raw Beskar wall. Right, right. It's like, oh, okay. That looks was that with like the cloning tanks that are still before there? you get through to the cloning tanks and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
That so, was a super sweet shot, and those red uh, beams reminded me of episode one. Exactly. There's also the it's hallway in the Naboo hallway. <laughs> yeah, the whole fight between Qui-Gon and Darth Maul through those yeah. red beams. I that was pretty cool. I love those shields that they that they brought back. You yeah. know, that was one of my favorite things of episode one. Um I wanted to ask Hugh. Yeah. Because Gideon seems to be very um i don't know what's what's the word uh confident we'll say that he's very confident that's kind of his deal yeah (laughs) yeah that too um do you think gideon is mandalorian in some way um i i do think there's another i don't think that he's mandalorian i do think there's another shoe to drop on how he got on the planet of mandalore and how he's mining all this beskar I think there's like a betrayal coming. Um, I, it it kind of sets it up when uh, the the rebel fighter finds a derelict ship and he says, "Hey, there's Beskar alloy here," and maybe you're thinking since the dark troopers' uh, new suits are made of Beskar, that <clears throat> you know nothing's coming down the pipe. But I still think it's impossible for there to be Mandalorians living on the planet still. And him just being kind of a straight shot away, digging through the mines, making all this stuff. Like, there's no way. Like, he's getting Praetorian guards. He's re... Uh, what else did he ask for? He wanted bombers. Bombers. Interceptors. Yeah. So no way no one saw that coming into Mandalore. Like, I, I don't know. But I think there's so, he's got some help on the inside. I don't know if he's Mandalorian or not, but... <laughs> I th- So I think... But, I think he has help in, in a couple different insides. Right. Um, I, I kind of pieced together something um, this week with the armorer because I've been kind of talking about the, the armorer the being, spy. being a spy. Yeah. So yeah. if you go back to season one, think about this. The armorer gets attacked by a bunch of Imperials alone in her little forge. But we never saw what happened to her until we saw her again in season two, right? Mm-hmm. So there was no fight. There was nothing. It was just she got attacked, and then what happened next, right? So the next thing is the spikes on her helmet. Are They very much resemble um, the Maul followers. Mm-hmm. The Darth Maul followers would wear spikes on their helmets. Mm. Gideon has spikes on his badass helmet and armor um and the armor has spikes she's the only one right so i'm kind of i kind of think that she is the spy on the inside of her covert right and that she decided to i mean think about it season one she was so adamant about keeping your helmet on and following the way, the way yep. and that like you know you're you're not mandalorian unless you follow the way and now all of a sudden she's like nah we can throw that just throw that to the to the wayside uh, and go find all these these people that take their helmets off, and then all of a sudden let's go to Mandalore and retake it. And like I mean, and then the fact that of... Gideon in that conversation says, "I now think that they're going to try and retake Mandalore." I think you might be onto something. Like, how does he have that precise that information? Info. Yeah, you might be on. Yeah. That's real sad to think about. Like, that is. Oh. <laughs> well, they. They had to been on Death Watch for the pointed uh, helmets, the horns. That was Death and, Watch the whole time, and they even brought it up in this episode. And, and she was Death very was quick to uh, advert it. Like yeah. I know, I, I I believe she, she's a spy, but the 
the intentions behind it, I don't understand. Um, and maybe we'll find that out. You know, we'll probably figure out why she has those those why she's a spy. Um, but who else got away in that end battle? Axe. Axe Wolves flew out to go get help. So I think Axe is going to figure out what's really going on. Um, and the armorer also took all the wounded Mandalorians back to the ship. And are those guys actually wounded? Or are they or just like, going to infiltrate the fleet? I like mean, you were saying, Hugh, you would not not notice right. all those Imperial things coming. They, and they those pointed guys them, on that ship. They pointed them to the forge itself. Exactly. And then just right when they walk in and see it, oh no, ambush. Those exactly. Guys are dirty. Yeah. So Skinny Pete was a douchebag in Breaking Bad. Skinny <laughs> Pete's a douchebag in The Mandalorian. And look at him working with Giancarlo Esposito. What the hell? I man? Know, right? <laughs> next we're gonna next we're gonna see Jesse and Brian Cranston come in and Star Wars, bitch. Like, <laughs> Brian Cranston already probably made his cameo. We just never knew about it. He's probably a super commando. <laughs> He's a Praetorian. He's the one that gets that final. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, Justin, before we move past the Shadow Council, did, did you have any other like notes on that or anything else you wanted to say? No, just that I was hoping it was a Versio or something was on there. Some other recognition besides Hux and Paleon and whatnot. Well, I mean, we don't know. We just didn't get any answers. Because even looking through like the interwebs, I couldn't find any information about who those characters were. Like You can only find the actors, and they're just labeled as Warlord. <laughs> Warlord. <laughs> So, so I know with Hux the actors are related, but characterize it's the same Hux as the sequel trilogy, correct? Uh, it's the dad. His father. Dad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, because this is still like thirty-five years. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. Before uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So um, we actually get again in the aftermath trilogy we get uh, big Hux and little Hux. Uh, yeah, very briefly. Little Hux is like three years old or something <laughs> yeah, in those books. Yeah. Um, he's learning the M Imperial way, basically. Brainwash. <laughs> yeah. um, so he can become a yeah, spy you... himself, right? And then what happens? I, I just thought it was great casting. It's like, okay, we'll just get one of the other Gleason brothers to come <laughs> in and play this, uh, the dad. Of That's the... awesome. Yeah. The family Barents is uncanny. I mean,. And go. I think Xander Berkeley was a great casting for Paleon. Yes. I mean, that, that little mustache he's got, the way that he, like, holds himself and stuff, he's kind of like, he just looks a lot like I imagine Paleon to look like. So, um, yeah, one of, one of the best scenes of this season, for sure, hands down. Well, because um, it's, it's, it's character cameos, not actor cameos. And that's yeah. just... Yes. It's well done. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. Get Jack Black out of here. Give me Paleon and Thrawn. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll go back to Plazir 15 later and have another vacation. Lizzo and Grogu for life. Come on. <laughs> I'm still I, I'm still kind of bummed that we didn't get uh, since we were on such a droid heavy planet. Still kind of bummed that we didn't have uh, 
Din coming across the parts for IG-11 there while they were on Plazir. But would have been nice. What a segue. But we got exactly. a huge payoff us. for that. Because look, yes. man, none of us yes. ever could have ever called that IG-11 would become IG-12, <laughs> which was actually just a whole new vehicle mech. for growing. <laughs> so my favorite thing I've seen so far uh, was a picture uh, doing the whole Spider-Man pointing at himself thing. With Krang <laughs> from with Krang, <laughs> Fucking Krang. <laughs> I did see that. Dude, it was so good. So... First of all, I gotta ask you. Well, since we're on that topic, did we just witness Grogu's first words? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yes. Let's <laughs> get him one of those whole like talking dog boards with all the little buttons for different things. And oh my god, that's it's such a play on that for sure. Yes. And uh, I, I okay. So I watched this episode <laughs> five times, and every time I see it. And he's like hitting the yes and no button. You're, I just can't help but giggle, and and laugh. And poor Mando, he's like, "Come on, man, get out of there!" Just no. <laughs> the constantly exasperated parents, especially in the marketplace. Yeah. Oh, just, Lord. oh my god! I, and I holding the fruit away from him was <laughs> what? I I just felt so much anguish and like relating. To din the entire time of his toddler <laughs> acting a fool in public, and then like I just saw my daughter. I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's horrifying. But what an awesome payoff we got again later on when Paz and Axe got in that fight. Yes, and then Grogu comes up and separates them and just says no, no, and like <laughs> with with Bo-Katan, she was like, wow, you taught your apprentice well, and he's. Din's like, I didn't teach him that. The Jedi. He's, he's breaking out some of his Jedi training. Conflict yeah. de-escalation. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, Hugh, what did you think about IG-12? Were you as ecstatic about it? Like, are you going to go out and buy a fleet of IG-12s like me? or like? <laughs> I won't go that far, but I did love the moment. Uh, obviously very cute. Um, really love, like uh, I think Phil said, or no, Justin said, uh, while he's in the marketplace, just making a mess, and Din's just like, this isn't working for me. <laughs> uh, just, yes, Ricky, yes, yeah. <laughs> Ricky saying he loved all the IG-12 scenes. <laughs> Completely makes up for last week's episode. I take back everything that I said. That's awesome. <laughs> Obstinate Grogu inside a killer mech. Mando's worst Mando's nightmare. Worst nightmare. <laughs> Dude, is is Grogu going to get a gun and start like using IG-11s like like can he can he do oh, that? Yeah. Is that a thing that he can do? Well, he, IG-11 of... had the capabilities, but 12 was just reprogrammed for basic um they were saying the cargo was saying he'd been Stripped of everything other than like basic locomotion. Yeah, he's a oh. remote control. Yeah, he he doesn't have the weapon systems or anything else built in anymore. He's but I'm sure Grogu could figure it out. Figure it out to pick up a gun and you know. Pew, pew. I mean, he figured out how to pick up a fruit and squeeze it. Exactly. Yeah. Bad baby. Yeah. yeah. 
there. Oh, that oh, they brought that, that quote back. They brought it back. I loved it. I, yeah. I, couldn't have, I can't pick that quote twice. <laughs> I love the internet going off about how they think uh, that little Anzillan dropped an F-bomb after that. <laughs> I, I don't hear it. I've listened to that quote numerous times, and I don't hear an f bomb in it, so I don't know what they're talking about. But I gotta look into this. Yeah. Uh, you've piqued my interest. It's uh, it's uh, it's all over TikTok, basically. Um, but they'll like zoom. They'll enhance the audio of the Enzillin, and it sounds like he's saying, "I'm out, mother." Basically, <laughs> that's awesome. But I I don't think I don't think that's real. So, um, I did love. The melding of these two factions. Yes. Obviously, they land. The the really cool scene is them, the Mandalorians coming in on their cruiser, their light cruiser, and seeing we get a <laughs> we get a bit of a foreshadowing of Thrawn here. No matter what anyone wants to say, seeing that Mandalorian symbol on the bottom of that ship is basically telling you, oh, look at the bottom of Star Destroyers because they will symbolize who is coming, and so. Mm. That's just a bit of a, a a little lore drop that foreshadows what we're going to see later. Um, and I, I really think that when we do first see Thrawn, we'll first see the Chimera with the dragon painted underneath it. That'd be... Um, that'd and be and so, so it was super cool to see them coming in and see the droid kind of freak out and grief cargo go, no, 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 man, that was... Those are Mandalorians. <laughs> Let's go welcome them and give them some booze. Um... <laughs> But on the melding of these two factions, the best way to do this is what? A feast. Let's yeah. throw a campfire. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice what they were eating? <laughs> not <laughs> until not until I was going back through your notes like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I was like, oh. Dude, they ate the baby bird younglings. <laughs> or found yeah. The, all those like little dragon babies are on. <laughs> That's what's was like, on the. Uh... <laughs> it's on the spigot. Yeah, dude. Like I, I noticed <laughs> it immediately, but I didn't connect That's it to the second watcher there. Oh. Just... Yeah, here we are thinking they're gonna raise dragons to go fight a mythosaur, and they're like, "Nah, we're just gonna yeah, eat them." That's... <laughs> it's a celebration. Still can't have this kid, will you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah and i i it was just you know it was weird but um phil how about the cinematics of this episode all the way from navarro <sighs> to landing on mandalore and beyond i i think just this gorgeous. was probably one of the prettiest episodes we've seen in a while like, i i love the space shots that we're that we've been getting um the shots of like the Mando fleet, uh, hyperspace, hyperspace mm-hmm. jumping in to Mandalore, all the orbital shots we're getting of Coruscant. It, it's just, it's been a very pretty season. Yeah. So, so when you made your drink Coruscant rain, yeah. I thought it had to deal with the very first opening shot of this episode. It did. The Coruscant just that big pan it's it's blade runner man you got all the neon and all the smoke and fog and rain all blending together in the urban scape it's i thought you could also have called it a night city rain uh for the cyberpunk fans out there like could i definitely got a night city vibe from that opening uh yeah 
All right, it everybody makes me... go back and read Neuromancer. We're all going to get some you know, <laughs> get some Gibson in us so that we know, you know more of the roots of cyberpunk. <laughs> I, yeah, it was a really cool opening shot yeah, all just... the way through this episode. Them getting to Mandalore, landing, like dropping out of the ship. Um, get, those you know, those seeing drop the sequences have been great. All of the drop sequences yeah. have been great just putting yeah. the, the gauntlet to use it's right i mean seeing the forge um and and it's all of its glory even if it's you know basically derelict and shut <laughs> down like it's it's still really impressive which leads to some questions job. about how gideon's doing what he's doing if the you great mean... forge if the great forge is not functional right and that was another piece of the armor, right? Who's making his armor? Taught him everything she knew. So there's, there's a lot of on there. Um, Hugh, have you ever gotten in a fight over chess? No, no. Because <laughs> normally, you know, the rules are kind of ubiquitous wherever you go. But apparently, these primitives make up their own rules and shit. So you just got to. Uh, that's <laughs> what you plebeians say whenever I try to use on passant. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a, that was a great uh, that was a great scene. I love how um, I forget uh, probably Bo-Katan's most trusted Mando in that group. The the girl who Axe. oh Axe no Axe no no moves. Axe gets in the uh, fight, but the girl Costco looks, oh, Costco yeah. thank you Costco. <laughs> she looks at him like you better not lose twice, bro. Like I'm like you better <laughs> not back to back episodes. You don't want to get your butt kicked. Or... <laughs> I forget when he and he did though. Yeah, he was he was taking the L. Like Paz was gonna win that. Like it was gonna be a second L for him. But I I do love that Axe is like, nah, I can take this guy. I'm not even gonna bother putting my helmet on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like Pax kind of just beat him in every which way there. Just and and the vibro blade. Yes, dude. One Uh, of my favorite weapons. Right, hands down. Part of Star Wars lore for forever, and yeah. so just getting to see, and that's that's a Legends thing too, because yeah. the Vibro blades were brought into Legends. Kotar, that's the old Republic. I want to say mm-hmm. that's yeah. when I first remember a Vibro blade. So they were in the OG sense. trilogy. Um, like the the guards at Jabba's palace carried Vibro pikes. Oh. The, the little spears right. they had had a motor in the end, and they were they were a vibroblade on a stick, oh. <laughs> basically. But yeah, no, I that's again I go back to the the Star Wars visual dictionaries that I, the the Dorling Kindersley uh, visual dictionaries that I would read as a kid. Gotcha. So so, so they sense. were they were like the I mean, vibroblades of any style were the primary melee weapon of any non-Jedi in the Star Wars universe. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That was just the thing. So now that we're kind of in this section of the episode, um, yeah. one of the scenes I almost picked from my Starlight Killer was uh, Bo-Katan's smile when she's first on Mandalore, and Mandalore, and she's like, form up. Like, what do you guys think about them kind of bringing this as like kind of her story now it's kind of been what i've seen on the internet in terms of where this season kind of diverges from the rest of the story that it's no longer din Djarin's story so much as it's bo-katan and for me it's really just about mandalorians the people as a whole 
you're seeing a lot more in-depth looks into, you know, Paz. We see Axe. He's got some lines as well. Um, the Armorer, we've seen a lot more of, I think, this season. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on them bringing this kind of, like, monumental moment of them trying to resettle the home world? The paradigm shift I've been noticing for a while. Right. And honestly, since the beginning of this season. But the, the title, Mandalorian, it, it's vague, it's ubiquitous, it can mean anyone. Right. And so with Din going to be dying to, in this final episode, <laughs> that's my theory. It, the title is now with Bo-Katan. Okay. And I know there's a bunch of other evidence. Uh, Phil and Josh can easily ch- chime in on this one. Phil, you go first before I tear Justin in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh I I was thinking of it um and have been since you know we met the uh the armorer and Paz and the rest of the covert in season one. Part of me has been thinking, okay, what if Mandalorian is one of those words that is its own plural? Like Jedi. Yeah. Whoa. We've got three Jedi over here. We've got Three Mandalorian. I can see that. So it's not three I Jedi. It's team. not three Mandalorian. But but but, but <laughs> hold it. Hold that thought though, because the other option, as far as I see, is that the titular Mandalorian this entire time has been Grogu. Thank you. Someone's reading my notes. <laughs> Um, so here's, here's why I completely agree with Phil on this. Um, because the original Mandalore, Mandalorian, was a force wielder. He yeah. used the force. He used what was called the Darksaber. He slayed, um, he tamed a mythosaur, right? Like, I've been saying this all freaking season since we saw the mythosaur in the second episode, third episode, whatever. Grogu will tame the mythosaur he will be the one to bring balance to mandalore <laughs> you think like, he's the mandalorian i believe he's the mandalorian and i also think that bo katan is going to die in the season finale this one yep no Din. Bo-Katan is going to die in this next it's time to hang out with way. mommy man Nope. It's mommy's turn. <laughs> the only way that my theory of Grogu being the one to bring balance to the Forge would, I the only that. way it would work is if Bo-Katan dies. Uh, because everyone else thinks that she is going to be the next leader, the one to herald in the next age of Mandalore. Well, and we will I find am... out in about 51 hours. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, and I can't freaking wait for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Din's going to die. He, there's no way. Um, uh, you yeah, can't continue the story of, of, of this. No matter what, what character you think is the Mandalorian, you can't continue the Mandalorian without Din and Grogu. There's no way. Now, now Star Wars. Star Wars and the father. The father always dies. He's going <laughs> to die. Hugh, Hugh, I, I would... I would still keep watching because I'm honestly I'm very invested in this story right now. I'd have to think about um, it long and hard if didn't. But 
But I had I'm also you, earlier this week, I had voiced uh, several theories uh, involving what we're going to see at the end of the last episode this season and pitching ideas for, uh, yes, we think, I think we'll see Thrawn, uh, but I also think we'll see somebody, uh, a clone of somebody. The question is just of whom? Boba um, Fett. Where? Luke, it's going to be Luke. So I, 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 I do think the fun thing would be to set up the uh, kind of heir to the empire riff uh, with a clone of Luke. Uh, but mm. I also think it's possible that we will see a clone of Din. Um, Gideon wanted him captured. I like Not that killed, theory a right. lot. Not killed. I like the theory that they would use Din to draw in Grogu to then continue project necromancy exactly like maybe we need you know if they if they want grogu they need a version of din that they can control yep i think that's a far reach man it's tying a lot of loose threads all together it it is but we're also talking about like eventually getting a thrawn movie so i mean yeah the thrawn movie would be dope a question from someone who's not super voted Versus in the extended universe. Yeah. The Project Necromancer, is it just tying into like how Palpatine is alive at episode yes. nine? Okay, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's Palpatine. that's literally okay. it. Okay. Um, the whole that's the, the whole thing. The implication of, of being aftermath. the implication being that Snoke was a weird Snoke? kind of pseudo clone on the way to getting Palpatine back. Okay. Okay. He was like the test subject. He was the one that they used. It was number thirty seven. I thought he was yeah. going to be number 66. <laughs> I was thinking more 21 from Venture Brothers. 21! <laughs> <laughs> um, what? So, God, you know, all these theories and stuff, a lot of fun. Like, we're going to find out, like Phil said, in about 51 hours what actually happens. We could go on all night about what we think is going to happen. Um, but... I think we should not do that. <laughs> let's talk, talk about, about let's talk about the episode misdirect. Yeah, uh, with the uh, the glass skimmer as they're you know approaching the area of the forge. Big old monster, and uh, my first note, like I paused it as I saw the ground start to shift. I paused and I wrote down Mythosaur rising? Question mark. Like. <gasps> No, no. Yeah, Justin, were you disappointed uh, that, that wasn't a mythosaur? I, it, what, oh, you, oh, you know I was. I, <laughs> I was. Don't get me wrong. I was super pumped up when I saw like a giant ankylosaurus that with teeth pop out of the earth. But then, like, I was like, oh yeah. And then I was looking around for the horns, and I'm like, oh well, either way, it's a cool dinosaur. <laughs> so think about it though Mythosaur is supposed to be one of the biggest creatures Known to the galaxy And that creature was huge So if the Mythosaur is bigger than that mm-hmm. Then we're in for a wild freaking ride <laughs> Well I think it's a, the Mythosaur we saw Compared to when bo was swimming It was much smaller I mean we barely saw that thing dude Yeah, yeah. And We saw a horn and an eye 
that so that by the way um is part of my reasoning for saying that Din can't die just yet. He hasn't gotten to see a Mandalorian. He hasn't gotten to see a Mythosaur. But he's true. not the Mandalorian anymore. Uh, Ricky asks, what's the name of the thing Grogu tamed in the first season? That's a Mudhorn. Rancor. Mudhorn. Mudhorn. The Rancor yep. was in Book of oh. the Fat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the that being monster. said, think about it. Grogu has gone in different, like he's gotten, uh, he's tamed in creatures <laughs> that get bigger in scale. He's, as he's leveling up along. with his monster taming. Uh yeah. Oh, that would be sort of bigger than a rancor. Imagine if he does end up taming one of the Pergil. That'd be dope. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, he doesn't need he doesn't need a spaceship. He just hitches a ride with a Pergil. We kind of had that with uh, Ezra. He didn't tame them. Ezra could talk to animals. He could like communicate with animals. Whereas Grogu, I think Grogu can talk to animals. He just hasn't figured it out yet. He'd like he basically stops them. them. The time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he just kind of stops them in their tracks, and he's able to calm them down. Which, again, that's why I think he'll be able to tame the mythosaur. You know what I mean? He'll mm-hmm. he tame the rancor, dude. What? Yeah. <laughs> that that's seriously one of the scariest creatures <clears throat> that I know in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, Robu, but if Danny Trejo DGAF. can tame it, how ta- how difficult can it really be? <laughs> You underestimate Danny Trejo, sir. Yeah, hey, man. come on. He has a machete. a badass. <laughs> and he doesn't text. <laughs> so I want to go around and uh, ask, let's start with Hugh. Do you think Din is a bad dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's a great dad. Like uh, I love the moment. It's from earlier in the season. Where he signs Grogu up for the little uh, challenge <laughs> yes, against yes. Uh, <laughs> older uh, Mando kid or the older foundling, excuse me. And uh, he's like, "No, you could do it. You could do it. Like, come on, like, give this guy what you got." And he, Grogu ends up winning. No, I think I think Mando's a great dad. Come on, man. He's <laughs> like, he's very much a sink or swim kind of dad, right? Okay. Uh, just the all right, kid. You got to keep up. As they're charging into battle, right, dude. That's that's what I'm saying. He's like, just automatically volunteers them to go take back Mandalore. He's like, yeah, we'll go. Uh, me and Grogu are in, and Grogu's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, he no, was all happy no, to go. He no, stood up, no, but no. I feel like he stood up pretty slowly as he's I, eating his food. He's like, I mean, I, I guess, Dad. Damn. I think the thing that that is with Din's printing style, he's a single dad. Yeah. <laughs> so he just has he doesn't have time to really like no no I'm not dilly dallying you got to keep up exactly what, what uh Phil was talking about sink or swim man I also think yeah. like he knows that the safest place kind of is with him you know yeah. I would not what if he had left him like uh Moff Gideon's fleet is about to annihilate the Mandos or so we presume so that's true um, yeah, I just, I just feel like he was kind of a, and maybe it's because I, I, really I think he's, I think he's kind he of an tactless dad, but I don't <laughs> think he's a bad one. Go on. I, I mean, he's just, he's very gruff. He's very brusque. He's to the point. He's, you know, 
and and part of that being he is a single dad. He's he was not anticipating getting into this situation. It caught him off right. guard. You know, he literally turned his life upside down when he decided to take on. Well, you know, maybe he parenting. should send Grogu to his so. aunt, uncle in Bel Air, <laughs> as in Lizzo and Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think though it's I think it's been good for Grogu. I think it's been really good for Grogu to have Bo-Katan around, just as a counterpoint, kind of a, to mo- a motherly figure, kind of more so than you know the armorer. But, you well, know. yeah, I mean the armorer is like the grumpy old aunt that's like yeah come in but sit down don't touch the furniture here oh, have a flashback outside <laughs> yeah exactly. here, have, a traumatic a flashback flashback. have a fucking flashback <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i mean i just kind of was like wow he just din's kind of a jerk for putting him in those bad <laughs> situations but at the same time hugh you're right i think the best place for grogu is around Dude. din right. although now I mean, with Din being captured and them kind of all getting separated. You have to give it to Din. He does his best to keep Grogu from dangerous situations. Yes, he does. Yeah. Even though for uh, show purposes, they are constantly always in danger. danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, one other point about uh, Din not dying, Justin, um, is in season two, Din had to save Grogu from Gideon. Season three, Grogu is going to have to save Din from Gideon. Oh, and then Luke Skywalker's going to swoop in and take Din off for Jedi training. I mean, we're, you read I, my notes, clearly. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how far of a reach we're going to get as in Luke Skywalker hopping in to save the day. Just I, like not, that was a joke. joke they made. No, 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 no. That was a joke that Last Jedi made. And then what happens? Luke Skywalker hops in and saves the day. But um, like I have no idea what they're gonna do. Like I've heard rumors of Fennec and Boba Fett showing up and saving the day. But didn't you know, you know who's gonna anyway. show up and save the day? The New Republic, dude. It's gonna be Zeb and that group of Captain fighters. Tiva. And Captain, yeah, Carson Tiva. That's Tiva gonna, they don't know in. that they're they're on Mandalore. Tiva's the one that found the best car armor. What place? He's got what a, better place to go he than he actually does freaking Mandalore. He does have a lead to take them. Yeah. to give them reason to go scope out Mandalore. Yeah, uh, and he knows they're on Navarro. So first place they'll go is Navarro. Yeah. Grief Cargo is gonna be like, nah, man, they went to Mandalore. So then they're gonna go to Mandalore, and they're, and gonna, they're see... gonna intercept Gideon's fleet as they're on their way to come hit the Mandos. Or they're going to come in at the nick of time, like right before the fleet, you know, gets destroyed. Like, I think the fleet's still going to get pounded by yeah. the Imperials. Oh, like, yeah. they're still going to get wrecked. But I think at the last minute, the New Republic, the basically Rogue Squadron, is going to show up and save the day. And Zeb's going to be there. And you never know, maybe Hera's there. Like, it, it could be a big Rebels thing that happens. It's, but... This episode's supposed to be more sad than uh, Seven was. Yeah, because Bo-Katan's going to die, dude. No, Din dies. Should we do a bet? Should we take a (laughs) bet here? At this point, you kind of have to. You know, I want to bet in the Marvel... Din dies, Ron doesn't show. (laughs) I want to bet in the Marvel Canon Madness podcast where uh, our good friend Roy had to wear a Wonder Woman outfit. (laughs) 
You want to make another bet? Ricky? <laughs> no. Let's make a bet, man. What do you say? Uh, <laughs> any chance Cara Dune will be showing me this season? No, probably not. Boo. <laughs> if she does, it'll be off screen and her ship will get blown up and that'll just oh, be the end of it. Oh, she died on her way back to her home planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Claire says, Yarmor is shady as F, doesn't trust her at all. Yeah, neither of us neither of us do either. Um, but uh, what, what were we just talking about? Oh, the, the Republic coming yeah. in to save the day. That That's going to be the big kind of reveal. Like, obviously... Bo and those Mandalorians are going to have to find a way to save Din and whatever. And then the Republic's going to come in to save whoever. And then, and and then, <laughs> Thrawn will show up. I know, Justin, you don't want that to happen. But with all that shit that Gideon was talking at the beginning of this episode, maybe we need some new leadership. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Where's Thrawn? Yeah, I haven't seen him anywhere. Up. Like, Dude, he's going to show up and he's going to slap him around like a little red-headed stepchild dude he's gonna think beat him i you think thrawn wants to reveal his greatest strategic advantage his the the art of he's he's hidden from everyone i i Do you think, really think he wants to drop that right here i think he might still want to just kill gideon that's just what to I'm get him too. out of the way because right now is gideon more of a help to thrawn's overall plan or a hindrance and if Gideon loses to the Republic, then Thrawn's going to be like, you mean nothing to me, dude. You've <laughs> lost every time. Get yeah. out of here. Ricky says there's a higher higher likelihood of Cara Dune showing up than Din dying. Oof. I completely agree with you on that. <laughs> Suck it, Justin. It's going to die. <laughs> um, Clone fight. Din versus Din. Oh, that'd be so sick, dude. That'd be so sick. <laughs> um, also, sorry for spoiling the clone Luke thing for you, Justin. I know we haven't gotten to that yet, but what? that's a thing that will happen. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice it till just now. <laughs> what? What? So in your apology. He was right. You ruined it, Josh. <laughs> you you ruined it. Apology. I don't even ro- want to read the third book now. Hey Hugh, you want to come and uh, come and read uh, <laughs> last, command, last command with us? <laughs> oh, oh my I'll probably goodness! It. <laughs> yeah, you, most likely. So, one thing I really want to talk about: the freaking Praetorian Guards. Yeah, they these were guys so cool. were first introduced in the Last Jedi. And one of the only toys, one of the only figures that I got from The Last Jedi was the Praetorian Guards because I thought these dudes were so freaking cool. Um, Justin, were you stoked about that or were you kind of like, eh, whatever? I was super stoked. Uh, to see the Praetorian Guards was awesome. It, I, I just noticed a few details with their mask. It was very Mandalorian-like. And the the T cross section, mm-hmm. uh, but just watch their moves and fight the fighting style. It's so cool. One with the like the the pole arm, one with the saber, and uh, I can't remember what the other guy had, but it, it was it's like, like watching. It was like that weird rope thing that he ah. had. The... It's Ivy's yeah. whip sword from Soul Calibur. Thank you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, but it's okay. it's like okay. watching a, a almost a martial arts movie with Star Wars. No, the, and the I would love to see that sequence was solid. Yeah, was... right. It was almost uh, seamless. Yeah, a lot better than the Last Jedi, where you can tell it was choreographed. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought that scene was awesome. Uh, Hugh, were you surprised about... I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room, Paz Vizsla, spoiler, he's dead. Right. Hugh, were you surprised about that, or Man, I, did it make sense? I feel like I can't really say anything, because that's, that's my big pick, but... Um... Uh, I'll get into it a little. Later, I'll get that into that a little bit later. My feelings. Uh, Touche. My bad. I I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> uh, it it gave me mildly traumatic flashbacks to uh, Beast Wars. To uh, uh, so That's so uh, so uh, spoiler spoiler warning for like a twenty five year old. Uh, Kids Transformers cartoon. No, nah, that doesn't. I love Beast Wars. Dinobot. <laughs> uh, the character Dinobot oh, dies going yeah. out, taking out the entire Predacon team to save the early humans. And okay. he just he fights until he cannot fight anymore. And. I just got very much that same vibe from the whole sequence with uh, with Paz there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, because you said that in our chat, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you had okay. no idea." <laughs> but now, now I understand. No, okay. the the the, okay. the Beast Wars episode Code of Hero uh, is ah. basically Dinobot deciding that it is more in care, in keeping with his honor. Uh, that to to die saving these humans than it is to let them be killed by the Predacons. So, okay, Bill, it's just it's so funny to hear where your mind goes because that <laughs> this this argument is very archetypical. Archetypical, yes. As in, like the tank goes out in a in a blast, but yeah. your mind nearly goes to Beast Wars. <laughs> okay, my my brain that, is like that is awesome. Uh, my brain is like a Wikipedia page and every once in a while someone just randomly clicks on a hyperlink to someone else and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I... Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, I feel like there's some more things to talk about, but looking at all these segments, I feel like we cover the We're rest of it. Most of that. Right. Um, we've already talked about the predictions that we have for the season finale. Justin, real quick. Do you want to make a bet? Should we do a bet right now? What's, of of Din dying or Bo dying? So if Bo dies, and if no one dies, this bet is null and void. <laughs> uh, That's how fine. about That's this? Bo has we'll to die it. or Din has to die. But yes, and and if one of them does, then like if Bo dies and I win, you have to wear a Princess Leia outfit, a Slave Leia outfit from Return of the Jedi. And yeah, if money, Din man. dies and you win, I have to wear the outfit. Okay. How about that? What if they both die? Do we have yeah. to both wear an outfit? <laughs> then we both have to what wear the if, outfit. What if neither of them die? Then it's null and void. Well, then Phil has to wear the outfit. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> we doing this? We doing this? I, yeah, I take that. I take it. Give me a virtual handshake. There you go. All right, here we go. This is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. I already have one of those in my shopping cart in Amazon. I've just been waiting for the time to buy it. So <laughs> My money's on sale. You're going to lose that bet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Phil, when it Phil comes would probably Star look Wars. the best. <laughs> Phil would probably look the best in that outfit out of all three of us. So I've got the hair for it. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do too. I just got to put it down. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, excellent. That sounds like a wonderful bet. Are there any other notes that we got to cover before we move on to segments? Uh, can we talk about how Ricky is demanding that we talk about how <laughs> the Praetorian guards look like Lady Gaga backup dancers? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, you've been to a lot of Lady, Lady Gaga shows or what? I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, Canonically, Paz Vizla is blasting Lady Gaga's bad romance inside his helmet at all times. Oh, I, I have love it. Wanna love it so bad. As soon as, as soon as he shuts the door, he's like, you guys need to go. <laughs> Like, you go, I got this. And he just starts blasting that song. Dude, I'm going to make a video of that right after this show. I'm going to do it. Absolutely going to do it. What the bad romance. Oh, jeez. Ricky, I'll send you that video as soon as uh, as soon as soon I'm done with it. But it's awesome. going to be wonderful. He says he follows her tour. That's great. I bet that would be a really fun show. <laughs> Ricky, get the picture of the, the dancer. Yeah, please, please do. Yeah, so um, Justin, did you have any other notes that you wanted to cover before we moved on? Um, just the music in this episode is very dynamic. Um, uh, like I, yeah. I sense something going on when, right when uh, Bo is overzealous in her command, was like, "Yeah, chase them, advance." And I'm like, yes. "Uh oh!" And then the music sort of changed its feel. I'm like, "Oh shit, some things about to happen," but. It, there's just those subtleties with it. And then uh, the one little part, they the music changes with the armor speaking, but I'll cover that in a little bit later. Cool. Ooh. I did love the music at the very beginning with Kane, too. It was like a, a rock music kind of, mm-hmm. like an underground Coruscant rock band playing as she's, you know, she's like she left the bar drinking her PBR and had to go have a meeting really quick. <laughs> she left the bar boy. drinking her Coruscant ring. Of course not, Rain. Yeah, my bad. God, how do I mess that up? <laughs> Phil, did you have any other notes that you wanted to speak uh, on? Hang on. Uh, I think other than segment stuff that I've got just about everything. Um, okay. Oh. Uh, Claire um, says, how awesome was it to hear yes. the Star Wars techno machine metal at the beginning? Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, and that, that's the best way to describe it. I feel like techno machine metal. That's great. <laughs> uh, my my whole bit that I said uh, at the uh, beginning about the um, uh, hallway uh, mm. about mm-hmm. uh, mm. off Gideon going into the hallway uh, called it about him being on Mandalore. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's absolutely the one that bombed Bo Katan's palace. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was Thrawn. Well, so really he, he referenced, they referenced replenishing. Uh, the Shadow Council talked to him about replenishing the losses for his TIE Interceptor Squadron. Mm-hmm. Which and, he lost when, when Mando messed him yeah. up. Din and Bogatan took out a bunch of his tie intercept tie interceptors. Yeah. So Which was which was awesome. But yeah, no, I I think uh I think we're good. Let's uh let's hit segments. 
What about Hugh? Did you have any other notes you wanted to cover? Uh, just the moment where she reveals or... that she actually did surrender. I thought that was one of the, the more you know pointed moments of the episode. Yeah. Do you guys see any more repercussions coming from that? Like that's what kind of led me to think that maybe the the guys on the uh, that they meet up on the ship will betray because they kind of figured out that hey, the whole myth that Mandalore never surrendered is false. I don't know. I think that Skinny Pete and crew uh, definitely works for Gideon because of that. Right. Uh, Gideon most likely manipulated them to think that Bo-Katan didn't care and just surrendered Mandalore. Right. You know. Um, and I also am starting to think that Gideon is the one who put the Bionicle down, <laughs> uh, at the bottom of Mandalore, the the machine that would kill Mandalorians. Like I honestly am starting to think that that was him too. You know. I'm sorry. I still love that we're still calling it that. <laughs> it really does look like a Bionicle. I mean, it does. Like it, does. it was God, like the best name gotta, for. I got to go dig out all my. <laughs> bionicle stats and start building one of those things you really should and and send me a picture please <laughs> um but all right that's that's wonderful let's uh i kind of plan these segments out a little bit according to what we're talking about so this week we are going to start with <laughs> It's the Starlight Killer scene, the part of the episode where we talk about our favorite still shot from each episode of The Mandalorian. This week, we're going to start with Hugh. His shot comes in at the 46 minute and 57 second mark. Tell us about this shot. Oh, it's a tough one. But, uh, and I kind of, like I said to you in the uh, Twitter message I sent, it kind of cheated a bit. But I watch the <laughs> subtitles on. I don't know if you guys do. Um, oh, yeah. Right oh, yeah. He yep. falls, and it just exhales. And it's yeah. his last mm-hmm. exhale, just the death of a warrior. We found out a lot about Paz Vizzle this season, one of the characters that I personally thought going into it was kind of going to kind of be an asshole, given how he acted towards <laughs> it in the second season. But um, I love that he came around, and, you know, uh, when they wanted to – <clears throat> go and resettle Mandalore. He's like, why should we do this? Or no, uh, help them take back Navarro. Why should we do this? Because we're Mandalorians. Just watching this character develop, you know, having his son, um, just this, and then this awesome moment as kind of the culmination. Phil, you brought up uh, Beast Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of George from Halo, so I, I also yeah, got, like, yes. <laughs> I oh. also had an illusion going there as well, but um. Just an awesome end to this this character that, you know, was developed throughout the season. And that moment just made me kind of stop and pause. His last breath, just fighting for what he believed in. Um, loved it. Hell yeah, dude. That, that still shot reminds me of uh, a lot of the Akira. Yeah. Kurosawa. And that well, takes and, it back to the again, roots. Taking it back to those, uh, those Japanese cinema roots for the entire <laughs> franchise. Uh, I also love so much in that shot, Hugh, mm-hmm. just Paz's hand clenched on the throat of the Praetorian guard. Wait, show it again? It's, it's... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, Paz's, Paz's hand is on that guard's throat until <laughs> it 
until he's gone. Until he's gone. His last breath. Like, I love the way they captured it. This is why I want to see uh, Beskar Kreshkans make their way into uh, New Canon. Um, Yeah. Because they were these, like, Beskar gloves that would allow a Mandalorian to, like, crush armor uh, or to break bone with a single grip. You know, they would catch lightsabers with them and shit. That's... I was just thinking, like, the, the thing that he got stabbed with, is that more like a, a blunt object, or is it a sword? Um, it's like a, it's, it's like those swords that the Magna Guards had for uh, Grievous in Episode 3. You remember when yeah. Obi-Wan drops down, and they've got those, like, spinning electric spears? Yeah, yeah, the Magna Kind of like yeah. that. Um, but he gets stabbed with it. Yeah, he gets stabbed. I, it, it, it's not, and it's not piercing armor either. I've seen so much online where people are like, "Oh, those weapons are stronger than lightsabers." False. Um, they actually <laughs> pierced him in between the armor. Like they were very skilled in how they got him. Yeah. Like those guards know what the f they're doing. They, they took out his jetpack first. Yep. So that he couldn't they, escape. They let his yeah. I mean, his gun ran out obviously right. on the. Super commandos. He melted like... it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, holy shit! Man. <laughs> what a scene. Yeah. So yeah, those those weapons were very similar to the Magna spears, um, just a little more developed. I feel like. <laughs> so, Ricky says it's just a glowing prop, so they look cooler when they dance around <laughs> during Lady Gaga shows. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky, and. Dude. <laughs> Thank you, Hugh, for that awesome pick. <laughs> We're going to move on to Phil's shot, which is also a pass shot. It comes in at the 40 minute and 15 second mark. Phil, tell us about this shot. Uh, this is the first real, oh shit, I was right uh, moment. Uh, they've gone from just the regular looking Beskar mine into a very obviously imperial designed hallway. Yeah, right. You're like, oh shit. They turn the corner and they're, they're It's like, no, oh, there's a structure here. <laughs> and it has all of the hallmarks of uh of imperial design. Um yeah. it was it's literally like five seconds of foreshadowing that we're about to see <laughs> Gideon's guys. And and again, like I said, when I was first watching it, I said, oh, shit, is Gideon on Mandalore? Because I saw that, you know, Beskar mine background as he was walking through before the Shadow oh. Council. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Paz comes around that hallway, it's like, oh, it. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Gideon's on Mandalore. Hey, thank you, Ricky. Yeah. Yes, big Death Star vibes. Like I said. Yeah. I mean, just Imperial vibes in general, because yep. even on Star Destroyers, they have these same kind of triangular... Um, black and white light mm-hmm. hallways. Um, very stark. Very, um, mm-hmm. very yeah. uh, sanitary. Yeah. I love that pick. Um, thank you for that one. It's yeah. it's wonderful. And, it, and seeing them going to the to the ambush is basically, you're like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> like, you knew something bad was going to happen. So oh, yeah. <laughs> excellent pick. Um, all of us, except for me, ha, seem to pick shots in the last i mean i'm telling you hugh was at 46 minutes phil was at 40 minutes and justin comes in at 44 minutes and 17 seconds justin why did you pick this shot oh 
here's the shot of Bo-Katan wielding the dark saber, piercing the blast door and cutting a hole through it. Oh, man, this is just reminds me of episode one when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are do, running through the, the, the trade ship. Um, it's just a, a beautiful shot. And to see her wield the dark saber just like a Jedi would is just cool to see. Um, you can also notice that like it's taking a lot of force. She's putting a lot of effort into it. And then um, this is one of the first times I actually digest like the the profile view of the dark saber. It it truly looks mm. like a a curved blade. And then yeah. uh, just seeing her stab it, I mean, it's awesome overall. Yeah, she Great definitely visuals. took a. She she took a note from the Jedi, that's for sure. In this, like she's like, Oh, you know, I've seen Obi-Wan do this a couple times. I'll just go tell you this story. <laughs> and I absolutely love if that. If Obi-Wan can sure. do it, I can too. Right? Stark Saber's tight. I mean, Excellent pick Obi-Wan though. Wonderful. Ended up ruler of Mandalore, but hey. Is it heavy hey, for her too, that, or is it can she fight? Well, no, because she, she's she's used to it. Like okay. she had talked about uh, or the armorer had talked about the dark saber. You have to become one with it, basically. Okay, okay. And since Bo Katan had used it before, she—I mean, she had the dark saber originally. Right. Um, she was very well versed in using it. So, um, I think between her and I'm telling you, man, Grogu is gonna wield that dark saber <laughs> at some point in time, and it's going to be sick. It doesn't fit it's, his hand, dude. It fits in IG-12's hand, though. <laughs> maybe will, Just maybe saying. Din will do That's it. like... <laughs> that's cold. <laughs> so that, like, she, if that's going to happen, you know, maybe the shift, the, it's got to shift to Bo-Katan so she can teach him how to use it. I don't know. Maybe he, he will a giant die. growth spurt, too. Yeah, he does need a big growth spurt for that to happen. <laughs> I think he wants to get in on this bed. <laughs> No, you do not want to see me in a Lave sla- uh, Leia slave outfit. <laughs> kind of do, actually. <laughs> I'll do a Jabba outfit. I'll just show up naked. But <laughs> you live close to Phil. If, if, when Phil loses his bet, you just put him in the outfit, and then you put a little chain around there, his there neck. There we go. There we go. I'm perfect. <laughs> all right, all right. She, she, we'll talk to the wives about doing a Star oh. Wars photo shoot. <laughs> We're not doing that, bro. <laughs> I feel like we I'm got a calendar right in the works. I'm right here. <laughs> I can't even ask. <laughs> Can I get my wife into this too? <laughs> my lady's all for it. I don't even have to ask her. I know she's all for it. So, anyway, excellent pick, Justin. for Josh's. Yeah, excellent pick, Justin. Thank you for that. Um, it was one of one of the better shots too. Um, my pick, though, of course, comes in at the 16 minute and 43 second mark. It is the shot of IG12 holding the fruit away from Din Djarin. Bad baby, um, no squeezy. Yeah, like I said, like I said earlier, I just loved the interaction between Din and the robot. And how Grogu was like, oh, finally, I get some revenge. I get to kind of hold things away from him now, you know? And no. Look at It was just I'm the seeing, captain now. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm I get tall. It. You're short. 
I giggled the entire five minutes or the the first five minutes that we see Grogu in this suit. I just giggled the whole time. So seeing this, I it was a full on laugh. You know, at this point, like I'm I've I've got like tears kind of coming out because I'm just so happy and so excited and like it was it was just a, a wonderful shot. And like I said, as soon as they release a toy, best merch decision that Disney made was putting Grogu in an IG12 droid because most people are going to buy 12 of them like me. So um, I will have an entire fleet of these droids, I promise you. There's a Halloween costume for you. Just IG-12 with a little Grogu. With a little Grogu. And you know what? I have a little Grogu right here. I could totally do it. (laughs) I think that's a good call. Um, (laughs) Ricky says, it's very simple comic relief, but it's so effective. I totally agree. 100%. Claire says the Stewie and Lois moment where he sat there tapping yes over and over and over. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, One little fun, a little fun editing call out. Um, Whenever they're walking through the marketplace and Grogu is hitting the yes button in the actual video, he's not hitting the button. It's just one of those added audios in there. It's mm. it's one of those it's as someone that edits a lot of video and does stuff like I kind of notice those things sometimes. So if you watch it closely when they're walking, it sounds like Grogu is hitting the button and Taika Waititi is saying yes, yes, yes. But really, in actuality, it's just him walking. So it's anyway, again, it's my own thing. Nerd. <laughs> it's, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's move on to the next segment, which is no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. Boba's Bounty is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite new thing introduced into live-action Star Wars. That could be a ship, that could be a character, that could be a planet, that could be anything. For our guests, we let them choose their favorite new thing in the season. Um, but, Hugh, you chose something kind of different this week. It was no, a, I keep cheating. I didn't man. really get to... I didn't get to like <laughs> capture anything because you had like a broad overview right, of a right. Bogus Bounty. So, so tell us about that. So mine was kind of like, you guys want this to be about something new, but for me, it's like what's old is also new. Um, there's a lot of prequel love in this season, and like for as, uh, someone who first ventured into Star Wars, the first thing I watched of Star Star Wars was Phantom Menace. So I'm a huge prequels guy. Um, I love all the callbacks. Uh, last episode, you had uh, all the droids, uh, the droids from Attack of the Clones, uh, just reusing some of those old uh, models to make a new storyline. That's that's part of the reason I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, you bring back the term Separatist, which is, of course, a callback to that era again. Uh, he even shouts out Count Dooku, which was I, I thought was incredible. Um Coruscant is a huge part of the prequels, and then what they've done with it this season is just awesome. Really loved. Probably my favorite episode of the season is the uh, Pershing Elijah Kane episode. Uh, one of the moments I loved was them going around to the uh, little landmark, which is just the piece of Coruscant that's popping up. Love that added context. Love that they're you know doing new things with old stuff, and then. Um, and even a new character that's an old character, uh, Jar Jar Binks' original actor, Ahmed Best, he's in the uh, flashback that Grogu had. He's one of the new Jedi. So, um, Which, I don't know if you knew this, but um, 
Kelleran Beck was actually in the Young Jedi Adventures. He was the host. Ahmed Best hosted the YouTube series. He's a game uh, show host. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a Legends of the Hidden Temple. Right. But for Star, Star Wars. Wars. Awesome. Yep. And so Kelleran Beck was that guy. Um, he was the host, basically. And so bringing him in, that that's where they got him was oh, okay. from that show. That's yeah. awesome. Super cool. Yeah, no, it, yeah. Was, it was a great bit just kind of carrying over. <laughs> so I promise I won't yeah. cheat on the one chimer like the other two, but I, I just <laughs> had to shout that out as just something like I just kept noticing over and over new ways to do old content, and I'm here for it, especially if it's prequel content. And it's Yeah, being, I totally agree. Being done well. Yep, um, and they're doing it, it with everything. They're doing it with prequels. They're doing it with Clone Wars. Right. They're doing it with Rebels. I mean, it's Dave Filoni and John Favreau. I really chalk it up to more Dave Filoni. John Favreau, I think, is just there to kind of help Filoni put his thoughts on the paper. Hmm. You know what I mean? Or put his thoughts on film. Like, um, and and that's why Filoni now has a movie that he's making. It's the movie is going to be the culmination of the Mandoverse. It's going to be the end of the Mandoverse. So, um, I, I think Filoni he knows he knows how much we love everything Star Wars. Right. And even though there's a ton of fan service and even prequel fan service and now sequel fan service, right. I mean they're doing a wonderful job um, with with all of it. You know, I mean, look. I have I have a bunch of different stuff in my background and I'm going to do this as shows go on but like we had stuff come from the Aftermath series today. We had Hux's dad come in. We <laughs> had the Praetorian Guards, we had mention of Thrawn. Right. We had uh I mean Air of the Empire is huge in this season. Like they're they're calling back everything. It's not just the the prequels right. or just clone wars like they're they're doing these callbacks with with everything star wars and i oh, i'm so here and for it's it, not dude, just so. callbacks it's you know finding a new way like to you, spin it right 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 it's added context right. for so much of the stuff that we've seen yeah and it's it's wonderful that's thank you for bringing that up that's a great boba's bounty for this week it's it's different and it's uh it's a new way to introduce old things. So thank you. Good, good one. I like it. Um, let's go on to Phil's Boba's Bounty. Tell us about this. A new ship. Uh, a new I, ship. I love this thing. Uh, the the glass skimmer. Uh, this you know double outrigger ship that these Mandalorian remnants have been using to cruise around on the surface of the planet. It's spectacular. Um, it's, you know, very similar to some designs used uh, by like Pacific Islander people, uh, various indigenous people of the Pacific islands here on earth um, with the, the double outrigger for stability and, uh, and just the idea of this thing with massive sails that they're using to just cruise around on the uh, glassed surface, which, uh, Hugh, I know you're a uh, at least as big a Halo fan as I am. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we talked <laughs> about world would before, burn. <laughs> we talked before about how the Covenant do this. They, they glass a planet. They use their plasma weapons to oh, turn yeah. the surface of a planet to glass right uh and it does look like the purge of mandalore had that same kind of effect oh, yeah. 
uh so now just ideas about whole uh it's super cool it's yeah i love this this takes me back to uh i believe it's rebels when they find when the rebels crew the ghost crew finds rex yes the clones on the like old it was an at atst walker or something like that um but it kind of reminded me of that a little bit you know they they find old warriors Mm -hmm. that have been kind of lost throughout this world yeah see so i think my go ahead i was gonna say my my original note on this one just said wait locals (laughs) (laughs) locals (laughs) (laughs) they hit up the local bar man they're just heading home right now but they found bo katan and they were like hey you got some food bro you got some taco bell on that shit (laughs) (laughs) which what a what a line what an opening line do you have food? <laughs> <laughs> they all look around. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We just cooked up some giant dragons. Like we got some food. <laughs> See, I well, like when I saw that skimmer. I do, I was just thinking Kevin Costner's Waterworld. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. That's that makes a lot of sense. That's great. Um, excellent pick, Phil. I love that. Yeah, Let's go we're, on we're to getting Justin's. A little, we're getting a little Mad Max on Mandalore here. And it's... <laughs> Mad Mandalore. <laughs> love it. So let's go on to Justin's Boba's Bounty, which, of course, we couldn't we couldn't go through these segments or this segment in particular without choosing IG twelve. So Justin, why did you choose IG twelve for your Boba's Bounty? Oh man! All right, so little. Last summer, my in-laws got Audrey a uh, Barbie Jeep, right? And it's a remote control Barbie Jeep. So as a parent, you can control it and manipulate it, or you let the kid have it. That is what I had that thought in this moment. I'm like, oh, sweet. Grogu has an RCIG. This is so freaking cool. Pow, and then he pow, started disobeying wheels. him. I'm like, yeah, that sucks that Din doesn't have a, a remote for himself to override him. <laughs> but, like, this this is so cool. I, I want to see the potential of it. I, I want to see if it's still going to move and fight like the old IG unit did. Or if it's just truly uh, its motor functions. And the, I mean, it's just like a, a riding uh, bassinet. Oh, like one of his pods, a pod, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like pod, but on legs. <laughs> but I want to see think, some weaponry with it. I think Grogu will use some weapons with this. I, I think oh, eventually yeah. it's going to happen. I think there will be enough dropped blasters around that he could pick something up. Yeah. I think next you think or, could happen. Or maybe like a, a dropped dark saber, something like that. Um, Ooh, who knows? Maybe. But Excellent pick, Justin. Of course, I mean... I think in the chat this week, I was like, I choose this for my segment. <laughs> Screw you guys. That's fine. But but I obviously chose uh, a different thing for Boba's bounty, which, of course, is Captain Paleon. Duh! Let's go. Um, I can't tell you guys enough how excited I am to see these characters that I have known and loved since I was like, 11 12 years old like see them come to the screen 
you know uh rebels was one of my absolute favorite star wars properties just because of the fact that they brought thrawn in um when disney bought star wars in 2015 and they were talking about doing a sequel trilogy I couldn't help but tell myself the whole time, oh my God, they're going to do Thrawn. If they don't do Thrawn, they're missing the opportunity. If they don't, you know, they're, they're messing it up if they don't use that character. Um, well, they didn't use that character. It was a fine story for what it was. Um, but like I've said all season, this is the sequel that we wanted. Um, as those weird EU fans uh, that have read the books forever, like this is kind of what we've been waiting for. And to see a character like Paleon come to the screen gives me hope that we're gonna see someone like Mara Jade. We're gonna see someone like Talon Card. And we're gonna see the the Isalamari and like Joris Seaboth. And we're gonna see like, maybe not those exact same characters, but we're gonna <coughs> see characters that resemble we'll those see, original we'll EU see characters, analogs. you know? Yes, thank you. Um, and it's just, it, again, like, this is the first 10 minutes of the episode. I, I texted you guys when I was watching this. I was like, I'm 10 minutes in and I'm already crying. And, like, yeah, maybe I get a little emotional. But, again, <laughs> I read the original Thrawn trilogy when I was really young, before the prequels even came out. And so, again, like, s seeing Paleon was one of the highlights of the series altogether not not just for this episode but the mandalorian series as a whole one two and three seasons like this is one of my highlights so i i had to choose paleon for for my boba's bounty um of course you did and yeah an excellent excellent choice. and and you guys all had excellent picks as well we i mean this has been a <laughs> wonderful boba's bounty looks like Hugh dropped off i'm sure he'll be back anytime but we're gonna move on to our final segment is one chimers it is the part of the episode where we choose our favorite set of dialogue from each chapter of the mandalorian so and while we wait for you to come back we will start with phil your song is not yet written I will serve you until it is. So this one for me was such a beautiful throwback to uh, the second episode of this season uh, when Mando's telling Grogu that uh, Mandalore was beautiful, uh, was once beautifully green back when the songs were written. Uh, and I had picked that as my one chimer for that episode. Which is why I thought, you know, hey, this has to be uh, the one. This is this is my line for this episode. It's such a great callback, um, and it's such a fantastic declaration of loyalty uh, from Din to Bo-Katan. It's like, I didn't know what you'd been through. I understand you a lot better now, and I'm here to help. Uh, this was actually my original choice. Mine too! <laughs> and oh, I, I love this first. quote. Yeah, the the whole scene, the whole quote, that, that just this whole set of dialogue. Like, um, you know, Bo saying, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. All I have is this Darksaber. And then Din replying with, I don't give a shit about the Darksaber. All I care about is loyalty. And... Um, 
it, it just an honor. an honor yeah like it was very klingon but but very like see i got a more of a japanese crossing, feel crossing franchises now josh <laughs> no but yeah, just well, yeah. it, yes it's 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 so much the uh the fealty the the pledge of fealty from the samurai to the daimyo yep it's, this is the way yeah, and it, this is the way this is the way for sure um excellent pick for one chimer let's move Thank on to you. justin's i will go I will go. I will go. I will go. So Justin chose, I will go, 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 I will go. I will go. That's technically that's technically a single line. Yeah. Of dialogue. Like I could see Family Guy running that for ten minutes easily. Just like the the look. <laughs> and the uh, the uh, simply red standing by. Oh. <laughs> red October standing, standing by. by. <laughs> but like um, red foreman everyone <laughs> Everyone has seen that clip in some some more form or fashion. It's very uh, again archetypical. So they're all showing their support. Like oh, I will go. But then like every single person after, they're like oh. He stood up. I'm gonna stand up. I won't go. <laughs> and then right at the end, it it, it uh, finished with Armor saying, "I will go as well." And then uh, you can hear the music slightly get darker, and then do a little chime on it. And that was very uh, foreshadowing to me. Her, to her being the one of the spies. Yeah, yeah. I I did love this. Uh, uh this is Sparta kind of moment. <laughs> Where they I all just Spartacus. decide to, yeah, they all <laughs> no, decide to just. This was the, uh, the the melding of the factions, right? Yeah. Like, this is this where was... we get that we're all together on this scene. This is when your two so. disparate friend groups have finally decided they're gonna go hang out together. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent pick, Justin. Um, I mean, at first I was like, really, that's your pick, but. If you explained it. it, it makes a lot more sense. So, <laughs> so thank you for that one. It's, it's um, a powerful moment. It is. It is. Uh, Hugh, welcome back. It's good to see you. Yo, I'm so sorry. So, like, I knew it was going to be a oh, close one. It said computer's like 10% battery, and all of a sudden it was <laughs> shut off. So, <laughs> just ran up a couple flights of stairs, and, you know, uh, when, when you're job of the hut, that's not an easy thing to do. So if I'm huffing and puffing. You know you why? Need, you need to get yourself one of those like floating <laughs> things that job that the huts had in Boba Fett. You there know? we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is your turn for one chimer, so let's play that one. And the most impressive improvement is that it has me in it. I mean, why did you pick this one chimer? <laughs> First of all, it speaks for itself. Um, love everything about it. It's Moff Gideon to a T. It's Giancarlo Esposito to a T. His delivery on that is just so perfect. But it also reminds me of just the arrogance of the Empire, uh, something that we brought up, I think, the last time I was on the show uh, from Andor, when Andor first meets uh, uh, Rule? Uh, Luth and Rail. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stella Scarlet's Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
and they're talking about, you know, just the empire. And he's like, Andor says, you know, they're so arrogant. They don't believe someone like me could ever get inside their house, walk their floor, spit in their food, take their gear. And Luthen says the arrogance is remarkable, is it? Isn't it? And that just uh, that line right there that's delivered by Moff Gideon is just so like emblematic of that arrogance. Like the best part of it is that it has me in it. This whole idea that I'm appropriating the best part of all your cultures and I'm gonna make <laughs> super culture. And it's just like, oh my god. So had to go with that. Uh, it's a great yes. it's a great pick, and it, it makes me definitely think that he's not Mandalorian. That he idolizes Mandalore, maybe that right. he that he's like our the fans that love Boba Fett but have no idea who the f Boba Fett is. You know what I mean? Like, like he's he's kind of he's kind of that guy. You it's, know what I mean? Like, it's like I love said, Star Wars. Yeah, who's your favorite character? Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Oh yeah, why? Looks <laughs> <That's laughs> It's cool. <laughs> it's the yeah. it's the cultural appropriation aspect of it. Yeah, it's just yeah yeah. Uh, also, it's it's uh, a lot like it's a lot like uh, he's kind of speaking to the audience a lot like Din is speaking to the audience with Justin's or with Phil's quote where he's saying, I don't even know what the dark saber is. Half the audience that watches the Mandalorian and never watch the cartoons have no idea what the dark saber is. They don't care. You know, it's it's just like Gideon. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, favorite character is Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I love these helmets, dude. And it's a testament to this episode too, because I mean, what's what's the best part of about this? What's the best thing about this episode of the podcast? It has Hugh in it. Oh, yes. thanks, man. Oh, yeah. And Ricky even <laughs> says that he gave up on Andor, but Hugh makes him want to go back and try it again. Hey, I you, really think you should go back and try it again. It, it might yeah, be yeah. Mandalorian in terms of how good it is. It's it's up there. It's a little bit more espionage than it is right. fantasy. It's you a know, slower like, burn, for sure. Yeah, there's Dark there's the fantasy too. aspect, but it's yeah, it's a slower burn for sure. Uh, excellent pick for the one chimer, Hugh. We're gonna move on to mine and then get on to our final segment. So this is my one chimer. With respect, our one hope for success relies upon the secrecy of his return. Captain, secrets are my stock and trade. I hear whispers from one end of the galaxy to another, and never a word of Thrawn. Yeah, you know why you never hear a word of Thrawn? Because that's how he wants it, MFR. Come on, Gideon. You should know this by now. If you're going to run in secrecy, you need to really run in secrecy. Thrawn is probably on Concordia right now, just watching you F up. And he's making sure that you screw everything up before he comes in and wrecks your face. So the reason I picked this is because like he's, you know, Gideon is saying, yeah, I've never heard a word of Thrawn. And that's exactly what Thrawn wants. He, that's exactly he what Paleon is talking about. Keep it a secret. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. He right? works through so many levels of manipulation. I like the implication, though. Uh, that contrary to what we'd been thinking for a lot of this season, Gideon doesn't realize how much everything he's doing is being manipulated by Thrawn. Dude, mm. and that's the best part of Thrawn. Because, like, and that's that's what I think fans of this show in particular are 
not realizing what kind of a treat they're in for. You know, like people that that are casually watching Mandalorian and stuff like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, I don't know who Thrawn is, but we're about to find out. Like, dude, you're about to find <laughs> out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is and the fuck around episode. Next week is the find out Next week is the find out episode. Week is the find out FO, episode. Bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I just I, I love them kind of setting up Gideon's demise, you know, because he's very cocky right. in his his little intro with the, the shadow council. And I just couldn't help every time I, I see this scene. Cause like I said, I watched this episode five, six times, something like that. But every time I see this scene, I'm like, yeah, you're just digging yourself a grave. Gideon. Like, <laughs> this is, this is not going to end well for you or any of the people that agreed with him. Like those few other Imperials that were like, yeah, we need new leadership. They're also dead. <laughs> I mean, so, either way, Gideon's going to be ending up having a bad day, whether it's the Mandalorians or Thrawn coming back and bitch-slapping him to get back into place. I hope it's both. I hope <laughs> the Mandalorians defeat him, and then Thrawn comes and pistol-whips him. And, like, I just that's, that's what I hope for. So, anyway, excellent picks for the one-chimer, guys. I love making those videos. I love hearing about why you picked those, um, and it's always a great time. So let's move on to our last segment and then get out It is the Tusken Raider, the part of the episode where we rate each chapter of The Mandalorian. So let's, of course, start with our guest, Hugh. What would you rate this episode out of 10 Praetorian Guards? Oh, this is a solid nine Praetorian Guards for me. Um, I feel like for the penultimate episode, you really got to get all that uh, rising tension, rising action going. And this does just that. I mean, you finally have the culmination of the arc of the Mandalorians coming together. Are we seeing a shift in terms of from Din Djarin to Bo-Katan or just to, as Phil said, maybe making Mandalorian its own sort of plural um that's done really well and then the reintroduction the payoff on the elia kane side of moff gideon the shadow council um what they've been hinting at in terms of project necromancer um a lot of great payoffs here and i think it's just so well done so nine for me all right phil what about you what are you rating this episode i gotta go with the nine and a half uh i think this was damn near perfect uh, the only thing, and it's kind of a plus and a minus at the same time, is the ambiguity of the title. We have one definitive spy that we know of, but there's, you know, the the implication that we've got at least one more. It's like I know, I know, we we got, <laughs> we got some ambiguity in the title. It's gonna be just fun to see where it goes next. But, um, it, like I said, nearly perfect. Um, best episode of the season so far. Excellent. Um, the title of the episode was The Spies, plural. plural. We only saw one spy so far, and that was Kane. So, but there's um, a lot of discussion about whether it's the whole council, if it's Axe, if it's the armorer. It's... And yeah, like I said, a lot. kind yeah. of a kind of a negative, but also you know its own positive there. So we'll see yeah, what happens for sure. Excellent, Justin. What do you rate this episode out of ten? Patrillion guards. 
Oh, I'm with Phil. 9.5 Praetorian Guards. Um, he touched on a lot of it. Like, uh, episodes has everything that we've been wanting more and, and more from uh, Season 3. Um, uh, this last episode, I laughed, I cried, I hoot, I hollered. I was yelling at the TV. I was screaming at it. Um, it had every aspect of a good, great Star Wars uh, show or flick that I wanted. Now um, I'm just waiting for the dead to die, and then uh, next episode will be a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm going to love it when I see you in that Leia outfit, Justin. I'm going to love it when I can dance and say, oh, I'm right. Grogu is I'm right spy. again. Ricky apparently says Grogu is a spy. He called it first. <laughs> Listen, if Grogu is the spy, all four of us will wear a Leia outfit. Okay. Um, I rate this episode a 9.9. The reason I rated the one point one less than a 10 is because we didn't see Thrawn. Um, next week when we see Thrawn or even the Chimera, I am instantly going to give the episode a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Horrible so, episode, but I got my throne. Um, yeah, it, it could be the worst episode ever, but as long as we see Lars Mikkelsen in that blue makeup with the red eyes, uh, it'll be a ten out of ten. So, um, this for me, this episode was nearly, nearly perfect. We had everything we kind of wanted. You know, it was there was a lot of loose ends getting tied up, <laughs> while there was also a couple loose ends that they that they let stay loose for the last episode. So. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for for the for the season finale. Um, but this one, this one was good. Nine point nine for me. So that gives us a ninety four point seven percent on this episode. One of the highest rated Quest Me episodes uh, ever, or Mandalorian episodes on Quest Me ever. So excellent. Uh, can't wait for next week. Um, this has been a wonderful time. I, I think this has been one of our, our better episodes of the season for sure. So thank you guys all for being on here. Thank you again, Hugh, for joining us. Um, yeah. it, it's been a, a ton of fun. Like I, We got to have you on way more than, <laughs> than we have for sure. <laughs> So, uh, but, but why don't you, I know you got some other things going on. Are you, are, uh, do you want to talk about where people can find more of you or anything like that? Well, I, I saw the intro. I forgot to tell you, man. Um, I'm no longer with the nerdy F show. That's not oh, a thing anymore. No. So I'm more of a nerd Ronin these days. I'm just, oh, uh, no. I watch, I watch content. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch content, you know, because it's fun and just relax. So whenever you want to have me, I'm chill. I'm, I'm a sports reporter by day, nerd by okay. night. So we, we got to go reporter. I mean, we might have to have a sports podcast. <laughs> there you go. Like, Let's go. You know, I'm, I'm watching the Nuggets right now. They're up 75 they're to 53. Yeah. They are they're, crushing they're the Timberwolves, huh? The Timberwolves. <laughs> and uh, I really hope that's that's a, a foreshadow of the rest of the playoffs because we'll I really we'll like see. my Nuggets to win the championship this year. So, uh, but. <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't realize Nerd AF wasn't wasn't going on. Really no, no, I didn't fun. tell you. So you're fine. <laughs> but it has been a lot of fun having you back on, and we're definitely gonna gonna have you back on again. And now that you say sports writer, uh, my brain is turning, and we might have to do some some other things other than there you go. 
you sports, know, destiny, you know Star Wars, whatever you want, man. I'm I'm all over it. So excellent, excellent. Um, well, next week we're gonna be live again on Sunday for the season finale. Uh, it's gonna be right around eight thirty at Mountain Standard Time. It's probably gonna be a bit of a longer episode, I would assume. Um, I guess depending on what happens and what goes down. Uh, I originally we had Cameron scheduled Cameron from green shirt podcast to come on, but things come up, people get busy and I'm not quite sure if Cameron's going to be here. So we might have a surprise guest next week, or it might be Cameron from green shirt and the open pike night podcast. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think we just clone me and have me do the whole thing twice. It'll be, Hey man, that would be Croc Jet Necromancer was a go. Could we just clone you and cut the hair of the clone? So then we could just name him Phil. Uh haircut no maybe just drop down to the goatee instead of the full beard. (laughs) That sounds good. Claire said she loved Hugh. Holy enjoyed the opinions. Uh, Ricky says Cameron. Cameron is the coward of green shirt. That's wow. Ricky's got Ricky's got some animosity over there with with spicy <laughs> Ricky tonight, man. <laughs> Dang, dude, that's, that's funny. Um, but thanks to Ricky and Claire and anyone else that was in the live chat hanging out with us today. Um, we always enjoy people hanging out and chatting with us. Um, you can uh, follow us on YouTube at quest me podcast um and subscribe and like you know do all those things to know whenever we're live and hang out with us you can also find us on twitter facebook tiktok and instagram just search for quest me podcast um i highly recommend following us on tiktok it's a lot of fun you know i have a lot of fun on there so a lot of fun (laughs) videos um but i think that's gonna be it for this week guys i this is a wonderful episode so Super. thanks again, Hugh, for coming on. Thanks, Justin and Love Phil, it. for being a part of this whole show. It's It's been wonderful. Uh, for Quest Me, I have been your host. I'm Justin. I'm Phil. I'm Hugh. And, of course, my name is Josh. We will talk to you next week. May the Force be with you. This is the way.